That's no moon. The Mousteroid from the corner of Coruscant Way and World Drive. You're listening to the intersection of Star Wars, Disney Entertainment, and Parks and Resort Fun. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my ghost host, Nancy. Hello. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times. We're breaking down everything that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and catching up on the news. Uh, before we go too much further, the Mouse Droid is brought to you in part by your support on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get into the $1 level and join our Patreon-exclusive Slack team to discuss all sorts of fun park things with us. Yes. It's great. It is. We had a whole MCU chat happening last night. In real time. It was great. It was. All right. Uh, the... Disney and Star Wars things we've been up to. Um, not much because it's summer and it's really hot outside. It is very, very hot outside. It is so ridiculously hot outside. Yeah. Uh, so we've not been to the parks in a while. When was the last time we were there? I don't remember. I think it might have been when Robin was out here with us. Yeah. We, I will know we went to Epcot a few times. Did we? Yeah. Your brother was here when we went to Epcot in like May. Yeah, we've recorded since then. Oh. Did we go? I don't think the, we went to the parks the, in June. No. The last thing we did was we went to uh, Sauna again for mm-hmm. their delicious, delicious bread service. Their delicious naan. Yes. Naan is so good. <laughs> yes. Extremely good. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. We haven't done much. We probably won't do much until food and wine kicks into gear. Probably, Yeah. Uh, we did, however, go see Spider-Man Far From Home as far we as did. a Disney entertainment thing. We didn't see it opening weekend, but we did see it the second weekend. Um, it was very, it was good. I'm not a huge fan of the Spider-Man franchise, but I like the movies as sort of palate cleansers to all the, you know, super immense changes that happened in endgame <laughs> um and we also finally saw spider-man homecoming we hadn't seen that until like a few weeks beforehand we finally watched it um you know so we knew what to expect going into far from home and they're i like them that they're leaning into the whole teen movie comedy type thing mm-hmm. so um i enjoyed it i i'm very when after we uh, after we finished the movie, we were both kind of like, "What are what is Marvel doing?" Because of the whole like introducing the concept of the multiverse, only to then have it be a fraud, but then uh, having the stingers that they had with. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson coming back into the MCU. (laughs) Uh, And then the second stinger uh, had more ramifications for the MCU in general. And it seemed like they were setting up for more cosmic galaxy type things. Uh, So we were trying to like speculate where they were going from here. But after the, uh, announcements from San Diego Comic-Con, which we'll discuss later. Now I'm trying to figure out how those all go together. Because <laughs> they didn't announce anything Spider-Man. And I'm trying to figure out how, like, the Kree and the scrolls and all of that business will fit in oh, going forward. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was really good. And I'm, I'm glad they brought J.K. Simmons back. 
Because who else are you going to cast as J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, if you're going to have any sort of continuity from previous non-Disney movies, I think that's one that you have to... Yeah, just bring him back. He's the perfect J- Jameson. Yes. Uh, yeah, so finally... I also hope that they keep using Ben Mendelsohn in things, even if it's just for a tiny little end credit cameo, because... He close is the... I, I love him so much. Like, I didn't, I like, someone had asked a while ago after Captain Marvel came out, would, like, who was, like, basically choose between Krennic or Talos. And I was like, I can't. They're both so great. And now I'm like, I think I have to go with Talos. Because, like, I mean, Krennic is in a league of his own. But Talos just makes me laugh so hard. I know. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into some uh, Disney Entertainment news. Uh, the Lion King is out this week to thoroughly middling reviews. Last I checked, it was sitting at about 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, really? That bad? Yeah. Oh, I thought like, because I saw some reactions to it on Twitter, and I saw a lot of people say that they liked it. But then I saw some people are saying it's heartless and soulless, and it's it, from the sounds of it, it's a, it's a by the numbers retelling of the original film, and where it really hurts itself is the quote unquote live action, mm-hmm. even though it's not really a live action, it's just hyper realistic CGI. The hyper realistic CGI did it in. So I saw some comments, you know. Cats is not a Broadway or Cats is not a Disney production. However, I saw people say it's uh, two sides of the same problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lion King's problem was it was hyper real but soulless when it came to like facial expressions. Whereas Cats was, you know, they have good actors and good singers and good dancers but you look at the cat Im- you the cat avatars that they made for the actors and you're, and you're like creeped ah out. yeah so <laughs> interest it, it's yeah i i probably will not be seeing lion king um it's it's a good cast but the problem with doing this film the way they're doing it is that you can only do so much to convey emotion when you're going that hyper realistic, yeah. it doesn't give you any room any room to play with the color palette. It doesn't give you any room to play with animation and right. motion. Yeah, like they, I feel like Lion King is one of the adaptations where they really could have done something different and like kept the same kept a similar story but updated it to having human actor you know just having it be about humans and keeping a similar story or just having it set in a different time period or something like that but the way it is with the animals it's just i don't know it, and it doesn't work yeah and like i feel like I haven't seen Jungle Book, I but I heard that got a lot better reviews, and I'm wondering... Because they didn't steer into hyper-realistic right. for it. Yeah, I mean, they use, like, you know, CGI for the animals, but they weren't, like, trying to look like all of, like, the real yeah. lions or your cats or whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... This is definitely one of those movies where I... where I uh, feel like it's not necessary, but, you know, I know there are people who did like it, so I just, the, the whole... The problem is, if it's so by the numbers, I'd rather just watch the original. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's not that long ago that it's it, it feels like, it's not like Cinderella it's... or something that is, you know feels like a lot like more than a generation ago you know yeah well i mean i guess with the things like cinderella okay we take an animated story and we take and we live action it with real actors but this is just 
we're taking an animated story and we're and making doing it a, animated, but a different we're doing, style. We're doing a yeah, different style animation. Yeah, that's less expressive and less emotive. Right, and, and that doesn't it doesn't work for us for this. Yeah, it it really doesn't, and and also it's kind of like it feels underwhelming because like the Lion King is one of the highest grossing animated movies of all time. And it's one of, you know, if you ask people what their favorite Disney animated movie is, like a lot of people will say the Lion King. It's definitely mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, trying to replicate that seems like, eh. Whereas like something like Aladdin, which came out at this around the same time as the Lion King at least they're doing something different with live actors and changing the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Jasmine is concerned, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this trend. Although, uh, I think we talked about this on Tashi Station, but they did cast Ariel for the live action Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about that And here. that's the sort of... Thing that makes me excited because they're doing something different. The actress, um, uh, Hallie, Hallie Bailey is black, um, which means leads a lot of people to speculate that they're setting this in setting the little mermaid in the Caribbean. Um, so that would be cool because it would be like, it would be very different from what yeah. the animated movie is. Yeah. That, that is taking a story, turning it off, on its head yeah. and doing something different with it and transforming it. Right. That's what I want to see out of these live action adaptations that they just have not done. Yeah. And if they're not able to do that, then just don't do it. They don't have to do update every movie that they Well, they do have. if they want to extend their copyright on the property. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Moving on. John Favreau is already working on season two of The Mandalorian. So I guess that's confirmation we're getting season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, um, so yeah, this is cool. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that The Mandalorian will be good. Um, it, it's not like, again, it's not like a story or time, f- you know, it's a time frame I really enjoy, but like the whole like Mandalorian idea is not something like I'm super into, but the uh, clips that we saw at... Uh, Star Wars Celebration were really cool and made me excited about them like leaning into that sort of aesthetic and like the the whole Wild West type vibe so yeah I'm hopeful I am too um hey we got some Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff (laughs) a lot of Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff just a little bit so last night Saturday the 20th uh, Marvel decided to blow the roof off of San Diego (laughs) Comic Con and melt the internet in the process it was really funny because um, earlier in the day uh, they re-released the Star Trek trailer for for Picard which was amazing and I loved it and I'm so excited for it I have not watched it because my knowledge of Star Trek is like zero but I'm very happy for everyone who is happy about it and by all by for all means it looks like a good show for you know the Star Trek fans so it looked like that was going to be the runaway yeah that's what everyone was saying story cancel San Diego comic-con we got this trailer it's great and then Marvel said (laughs) hold my beer yeah, uh, I th- think they were the last presentation of the night, which you know, good on good good scheduling because you don't want to follow them. So I-, I was expecting to get you know a little bit of news and some new projects announced that we hadn't heard before. Instead, <laughs> we got so they. Um, I was following some live tweets of the panel, and they started by showing like their like here's the slate for phase four. So we're like, okay, cool, we're we are gonna get that info because we were wondering what they were actually gonna tell us, yeah. you know. And we had talked about um, on previous podcasts, like we have no idea what the future of Marvel is going to be uh, after Far From Home. We had ideas, but not a sort of roadmap. Well, we got that last night. <laughs> so they started off by talking about the Eternals. Um, which had been rumored for a while. Which had been rumored for a while, but it was um, conf- 
they uh, announced the cast. Um, and hold on to your butts for this cast. Uh, there's uh, Richard Madden, Kumal Najani, uh, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Leah McHugh, Dawn Lee, and Angelina Jolie. Holy crap. <laughs> Selma Hayek and Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I, in a Marvel I, film. I had heard the I had heard about Angelina Jolie, but that was cool that that was confirmed and she was there. It's going to be directed by Chloe Zhao, which yay, a female director Not just of a f- color, <laughs> which is holy crap amazing. Yeah. Um that will come out November 6th, 2020. Um there are only there are only two movies that are, have been announced coming out in 2020. The other one they saved for last, and I'll go. I'll go. I'll and skip. We'll down go and to announce, that. Or, or oh, okay. I, I'm just gonna do it now because okay, we. Yeah. It's um, uh, the Black Widow movie, which was the only one that I believe is in actual production Correct, shooting yeah. right now. Um, they confirmed that it's going to be set after Civil War, which I think is very interesting. It makes me more interested in the story that it's not like. Before she was in Iron Man, but I'm also kind of meh about going backwards now that they did such a huge change in Endgame. It feels it feels kind of feels like weird to be going it backwards. It feels a little bit like they're trying to buy time before right. really launching stuff. Well, and also that they're trying to make up for the fact that they took so long to do a damn Black Widow movie, and they're only doing it now because. They killed her in Endgame. <laughs> this movie should have happened in 2013. Right. I I can see them using this movie to set up a new Black Widow character, which yeah. I've heard rumors that they're that's what they're going to do because they're, you know, based on comics storylines. But um, so and it also it seems it's very different from a movie like captain marvel where a lot of people were like oh this is going backward in time too it's weird but it went so far backward in time that it was a period piece yeah it was more analogous with uh captain america the first avenger Mm -hmm. yeah so it was really more of a uh you know period piece and explaining okay well she hasn't been around and we have to explain why um but anyway um so that will be out on May 1st, 2020. So there's going to be a long time in between uh, Marvel movies because Spider-Man came out July 4th weekend and they're not going to be another one until May. Um, and the other people in the cast are David Harbour, Florence Pugh, O.T. Fag... I can't pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. Fag Benel and Rachel Weiss, which... Was, yes. Yes, Rachel Weiss is cool. Kate Shortland is directing, so yay, another female director. Uh, then we'll go back up to the way to the uh, rest of the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. The the second property, and also oh. interesting in this is that they had both the films and the Disney Plus shows that they discussed. So it feels like they're going to be more cohesive with with the shows going forward, and yeah, there won't be this, things being more connected. <laughs> there won't be this Agents of Shield. Yeah, it's kind of connected. Yeah. Maybe we we sort of talk about the things in the movies, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas here, they're having TV shows that are using the actors from the movies, so that you know they're gonna be yeah. So the next one is one we knew about already, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Anthony Mackie, Mackie and Sebastian Sam were both there. Uh, Anthony Mackie had the shield, which is very cool. Um, and also they had a video where um, the uh, Baron Zemo interrupted the panel and said he'll be seeing them soon. So they confirmed that... Uh, Daniel Bruhl is returning. Uh, you'll remember him from Civil War, which I really liked him in that movie. And uh, he did not die at the end of that movie. So I'm glad they're bringing him back. And that's fall 2020. Uh, the next movie that they announced is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And um, that was a movie that had, that was a property that had been rumored uh, but not confirmed. 
they announced Simi Liu as uh, Shang-Chi. Who was hired? This week. <laughs> On Tuesday. Yeah. So it's very new. Um, he is in the show Kim's Convenience, um, which I might have to watch now because <laughs> he's a very nice looking gentleman. <laughs> uh, Aquafina. I am so excited for Aquafina in the MCU. Movie. And Tony Lung as the parentheses real Mandarin. So as you are the person who has seen Iron Man 3 of the both of us, I'll let you rant about the Mandarin. (laughs) Iron Man 3 is the worst film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and (laughs) its whitewashing of the Mandarin is terrible. I am so glad they're fixing this. Now, didn't they try to, like, uh, you know say that oh well it it was too we can't do the real Mandarin storyline because it would be racially insensitive or some some there BS was some like that. BS like that so uh I I know that you and uh Bria uh despise this storyline so I I hate Iron <laughs> Man 3 so so much so I am I'm glad to see that happening for uh those of you who despise that that plot line. Uh, this will be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, and uh, he is also a person of color oh, uh, directing cool. this. Very cool. Uh, so and that's out in February of 20... 2021. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just Googled him. Cool. Oh, Japanese Hawaiian director. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. Um, so... Then they went to another uh, Disney Plus show, WandaVision, which they had confirmed before. But um, they uh, said that it's going to take place after Endgame, which is very interesting considering uh, that Vision is dead. (laughs) Um, So uh, not sure how this is going to work, but very interesting. They've said it's going to be very weird. Um, also, uh, besides Scarlet Witch and Paul Bettany, or, and Paul Bettany, Scarlet Witch and Paul Bettany are going to be in this show, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, they also announced that Tiona Paris is going to be playing the adult Monica Rambo from Captain Marvel, which has made me interested in this show. <laughs> I was completely not interested at all until that. Yes. Uh, very interesting that that's where she's coming in. I'm very curious to see how they do that. And I'm very happy that they will have Monica. Lieutenant Trouble is all grown up, and I'm very excited about that. That will be spring 2021. Another show in spring 2021 that we already knew about is Loki. Um, and they said that this will also be after Endgame, so it is most likely the Loki that disappeared with the Tesseract. So, so, aka the Loki who has not gone through the Dark World or Ragnarok. So, the alternate 2011 Loki. 2012. 2012 Loki. Yes. Uh, which is very interesting, because he's just had his ass handed to him after trying to take over the world, and... Is he going to have another life-changing field trip with Thor? Um, It will be very interesting to see how that works out. Uh, So the next one on the list is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is a title I love. Yes. So um, they had not confirmed a Doctor Strange, another Doctor Strange, but it's not surprising that they're doing another Doctor Strange. Um, Joining him in this movie is going to be Scarlet Witch played by Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen. And so they're going to have connections with the WandaVision show, which is very interesting. Um, they also said that uh, this is going to be sort of the first horror movie of the MCU, which is very interesting. I don't know if I like that because I don't like horror movies. I don't like scary movies. I don't, but I don't think they'll steer too hard into the horror. Right. Uh, so this will be out May 7th, 2021. It has, uh, Scott Derrickson is uh, also directing this movie, which uh, I guess we have to see the first Doctor Strange. We haven't seen it. But he's so much better in all the other movies I he's mean, in. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I like him as part of an ensemble. I think he's the sort of character I would hate on their own. But um, 
I'm also very curious at the use of the word multiverse. Um, during the panel, Kevin Kevin Feige, Feige, however you pronounce his last name, I never remember. Feige. Feige said, um, just because Quentin Beck lies about the multiverse doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That is a great tagline. Uh, yeah, it's very good, and I'm very curious to see how they go. Um, also, I saw people, someone... I saw people on Twitter talking about how they were surprised that they were doing another Doctor Strange movie before Black Panther, considering how much money Black Panther made, which is fair. But then um, someone else pointed out that it's it seems like they're going longer between sequels, um, like Spider-Man and Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home have been like the closest when it comes to... Uh, like release dates but doctor strange i believe that came out in 2017 so this will be four years in between them um so black panther probably the following year Mm -hmm. um which would be four years in between um which i i like because um you know so far the two movies that they announced the eternals and shang chi are new properties so i like that they're giving them a chance to establish new groups and characters before merging them with the rest of the well they absolutely need to set a foundation for new avengers films so they have to do the they have to start doing this early i think it's very smart instead of like they could have just been like all right we're gonna have all these sequels to all these movies you've seen already and that would have been safe and easy but they're they're continuing to expand, which is yeah. good. Uh, the next one is very interesting to me. It's called What If? Question um, mark. It's their first animated series of the MCU. Jeffrey Wright is going to be, be the voice of the Watcher. And it's basically alternate realities in the Marvel Universe. Um, and using the actors from the original films so uh i saw a picture of all of the slate of uh actors and they've got um michael b jordan and Haley atwell and lots of characters there is so much interesting what if comic material yeah to mine for this series like one of one that always gets bandied around on the internet is what if peggy carter had mm-hmm. gotten the super soldier serum right um and i i love this idea i love them exploring different um stories using the same actors and you know i i would love to see them do this with other properties like star wars yes. <laughs> even in print you know um, so that will be uh, summer 2021. The next uh, Disney Plus show is Hawkeye. I'm so excited. Which uh, I believe was rumored. I mean, I, th- I think they confirmed they were doing a Hawkeye show, but they did not confirm that it will have Kate Bishop. Um, so Kate Bishop is from the comics is one of the young Avengers. Uh, also utilizes the Hawkeye moniker. Um, and what's really interesting about this is the logo they used mm-hmm. to show this off for San Diego Comic-Con, that is a logo used in the absolutely brilliant Matt Fraction Hawkeye run. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the source material that they're using for this, th- I am super excited for this series, yeah. even though I'm not big on the MCU's Hawkeye. Right. A lot of people were kind of meh about this until they announced Kate Bishop and showed the logo. <laughs> uh, I think it's cool because they had, you know, the Kelsey influenced Captain Marvel, and now they're having the Matt, Matt Fraction influenced Hawkeye. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm excited. And uh, if Pizza Dog or We Riot. <laughs> So I've I've never read Hawkeye. I've never read most of these comics, but I do know Pizza Dog and every with the way everyone flipped out over Goose. I feel like it would be a shame if they did not introduce Pizza Dog. <laughs> Pizza Dog's got to be there, right? And I feel like this is leading towards a Young Avengers series, which I am absolutely well, here for. If they have Kate Bishop, 
and they they've you, got Cassie you Lang. already have Cassie, and they didn't announce anything Ant Man, but you know, like I said, the last Ant Man came out. 2018 so for 20, five years 2020 2023 yeah i can see them doing that and you know have they've you know she's already right there that they can use um they've when, introduced the scrolls which is an important part of uh, the young avengers and um if they do another captain marvel which they are, that would be the perfect opportunity to introduce Kamala Khan. Not uh, not one of the Young Avengers in the comics, but oh, totally work as a Young Avenger. She could in the, in the MCU because they change everything. <laughs> okay, so now we get to the portion of the presentations where the mic started dropping <laughs> left and right. So, yeah, so the next movie they announced was Thor Love and Thunder. Oh my god, I love that title card uh, so much. It's a really crazy logo. Uh, very... Uh, Thundercats is the, the comparison <laughs> is, I saw. It is very Thundercats. Um, so again, that this kind of goes in the whole like four years between, uh, you know, movies because uh, Thor Ragnarok came out in 2017. Is that right? 2017? Yeah, 2017. So it would be exactly four years. Yeah. Um, they announced earlier this earlier this week that uh, Taika Waititi is was returning as director, which everyone was excited about. Um, if that was all they said at San Diego Comic-Con, just brought him up on stage and said, hey, here's the title, I would have been happy. Right. But they brought out Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, which I'm really glad Tessa Valkyrie is Valkyrie returning back. is excellent. Um, she also said during the presentation that her first, uh, as king, she now needs to find her queen, which is we, very uh, interesting. T- uh, Valkyrie is now the first official queer hero in the mcu well, it took entirely too long hopefully to get they'll actually follow through with that in the movie uh taika please <laughs> oh i i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they will uh, um but uh first openly first queer ca- uh hero yeah. in the mcu it took entirely too long but mm-hmm. hey we've got it now um and the really uh interesting thing they confirmed was that uh, Jane Foster will be returning as played by Natalie Portman, which was really surprising considering, you know, the whole people believe, you know, she hate, she hated being in the Thor movies and she wasn't back for Ragnarok. So people assumed she was just done. Um, but apparently how they got her back. Yeah, she's going to be Thor. <laughs> so it's important to remember Thor is not just a surname. Thor is also a title. Yes. So she will be Mighty Thor, Goddess of Thunder. Uh, and they, there's a really cool picture of her holding up the hammer. And uh, I, I really hope that Chris Hemsworth said, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, n- there is a lot of uh, hand wringing and angst about this announcement uh, from the fan bro community of the internet. Um, and I just want to point out that She's not replacing Thor. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is still in this movie and first build in this movie. They're not going to get rid of Chris Hemsworth unless he wants to. So Chris Hemsworth is still playing Thor Odinson. Yes. And also, just because she is going to be Thor doesn't mean Thor Odinson is going to lose his powers. They can both have them at the same time. We which just, they do in the comics. Yes, and we just literally saw a movie in which someone else wields Mjolnir at the same time as Thor. Like, Steve didn't get Mjolnir, and then Thor couldn't hold the hammer. There's a scene where Thor has Mjolnir, Cap has Stormbreaker, and Thor's like, Okay, you get the small one, and they switch. <laughs> so he's still perfectly capable of wielding that hammer and the powers. So there's no reason why they both can't. And I, uh, I, I will, I will say, I am not the biggest Jane Foster fan. I understand the people who were are kind of like, uh, no, why do they have to bring her back? Because I don't necessarily really like Natalie Portman in that role. So, but Taika Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just raise this another way. Why give Thor a third movie? It, yeah, exactly. Like a lot. That's what the way a lot of people thought. And I liked the first Thor a lot. Um, the second one I haven't watched since, although there are parts of it that I liked. Ragnarok is my favorite MCU movie. Period. So 
I'm willing to give it a chance. And I think that given this new role and the direction of Taika Waititi, that it's going to be a lot better than previous uh in installations. <laughs> if you're looking if you're looking to read up on some potential source material for this film, uh pick up Joel Aaron's uh run on Thor. Jason Aaron. Or Jason Aaron. Yeah, sorry. they they mentioned him during the the panel. So that that's cool. Um so and then they then they went back to the Black Widow. They saved that one for last because so, they had footage and yeah. they showed it to the audience. So then the panel's kind of wrapping up and then Kevin Feige just starts name dropping projects yeah, that are coming. Yeah, so so they show the footage. They had brought everyone back on stage, and there's a video of this you can find on Twitter. And he's like, "Now we've we've announced a lot of things. We've talked about a lot of things, but there's a lot of things we didn't have time to talk about, like Black Panther two, Captain Marvel two, Guardians three, and all then- of which we knew." We're going to happen, but it's nice to have confirmation. And then just casual drops. Fantastic Four and Mutants. So uh, confirmation that they are going to bring in the Fox properties eventually, which I'm glad that they're not doing it right away. I'm glad that they're sort of giving giving time to breathe. Yeah. And also figuring out how to best bring them back, bring them in. And then he's like. Pulls a Steve Jobs. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, brings out Mahershala, two-time Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali onto the stage. Uh, doesn't say why. And then he's like, oh, you have a hat. Put it on. And he puts it on. And it's a blade hat. And then they reveal the logo on it. And that's all they said. Mahershala Ali will be playing Blade. That's it. <laughs> And people went nuts. <laughs> Twitter, the internet went nuts. We were all kind of like, what? <laughs> Twitter just <laughs> melted down. Like, the whole Lady Thor thing would have been enough. Like, they, they, we, people were saying, I don't think Marvel is going to really announce anything that's really, like, makes people go nuts. Uh, they did several times over. So, uh, good job, Marvel. You have won San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> and so, the crazy part about this Blade reveal is that apparently, right after winning a second Academy Award, Mahershala Ali called Marvel himself <laughs> and said, "Let's do Blade." Well, he was in Luke Cage. Um, and he was also in Spider-Man um, Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, yeah. So but he's so technically he was in the MCU. So now people are kind of saying, well, I guess this means that those shows are not canon. Um, but uh, yeah, they there's a really I saw an interview with Kevin Feige on uh I think Ro- I think Rotten Tomatoes had yeah. uh, had an interview with him when he said that yeah, Marshall McCauley he like came and talked to us and he just said blade and they're like yes (laughs) so a a little bit of history on blade um without the wesley snipes blade Mm -hmm. succeeding at the box office there's probably not an mcu it was one of the first comic book films to actually have success when did that come out what year was that looking at Blade movie. <laughs> Let's find it. All the things that are going to come out are that this announcement. <laughs> 1998. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because uh, Spider-Man was 2001, I believe, or tw- 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere around there. Yeah, so Blade preceded spy- uh, the Raimi Spider-Man films yeah. in the um, box in box office success. Yeah, um, and... X-Men, I believe, was 2000? Either 99 or 2000. Yeah, so that was after... um, Oh, yeah, because I'm looking to see what... I was looking to see a Daredevil, and that came out after that. So, yeah, Blade was really kind of the first... Other than, like, the Batman and Superman movies. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I... Again, I don't know anything about Blade, but I... Like I'm here for Mahershala Ali yeah, in I mean, the MCU. I, they're doing good things with diversity and not just having lip like, service. It, it really is worth saying that Marvel uh, the, Marvel always has room to improve. There are always areas they can improve. They're a improve. low bar to clear. It, it is a low bar to clear, but 
but they're actually doing they're they're things doing it now. <laughs> there are multiple women directing in phase four. There are multiple uh there are multiple men of color directing in phase four. They have an all Asian film. Mm-hmm. They've and the Eternals cast is incredibly They've diverse. Got two women directors. Like, you know, so. Marvel is putting their money where their mouth is and challenging other studios to do better than them. And I'll say, like, it makes complete sense to have a woman direct Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I'm glad a woman is directing The Eternals, which isn't necessarily like the a female led. Yeah, that's not property. quote unquote the girl film. Yeah, so I, you know, yes, we should have women directing the like movies like Captain Marvel, Black Widow, but we need them to be directing other movies too. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, it's this it's great news. Yeah. The 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 diverse talent both in front of and behind the camera for Phase 4 yeah. is cannot you it, it's great. Right. It's fantastic. It's long overdue, but it's hap- it's happening now. They're doing it. And so good good on them. So, and I hope all the other media properties around there take note and say when you get as much goodwill as marvel does and you have as much you know popularity as marvel does you can do all this stuff yeah look who we put on that stage and look at the reaction to it to to be clear you should be doing this stuff anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether you're marvel or not but there's no excuse for a property like marvel or star wars to not be doing this because you will make money yeah no matter what so phase four i'm very excited mm-hmm. we've got a better idea where they're going now <laughs> yeah and he um the i in the interview that where kevin feige talked about uh you know mahershala ali approaching them as blade i thought it was interesting because he mentioned specifically like with dr strange getting more into the supernatural parts it seemed like the right time to introduce blade and like the concept of vampires and stuff like that so they're yeah. doing all the stuff like more trying to make it more organic than forcing it yeah which is good so yay <laughs> yeah i don't think we're gonna get like another set of announcements like this until San- or until d23 uh but i don't know what star wars can announce that would be like this i don't think they have anything they could announce that would blow the roof off like this yeah all right (laughs) okay well that's been disney entertainment news for this month uh let's thanks marvel thanks marvel we didn't know what we were going to talk about on the podcast instead we gave a half hour to that excellent so why don't we why don't we round out the show with some disney parks and resort news yes uh this was su- surprising to me news. Me too. Uh, Rise of the Resistance, the other attraction at Galaxy's Edge, will be opening December 5th at Walt Disney World and January 17th at Disneyland Resort. I'm surprised it's opening first here. I just assumed everything World. was a everything was a few months behind schedule or a few months behind right. at the Dis- at Disney World. Right. But I think um what the rumor that I had heard is that they needed to like the changes they needed to do with the Rise of the Resistance ride ended up being easier to do at Disney World because the construction was further behind. So they didn't have to like do like rip stuff open and stuff. Like there was they they the it had it wasn't open, so it was easier for yeah, them to do Yeah, they didn't have do to do major fixes. deconstruction to make yeah. the changes. Yeah. So that's really exciting. It's opening here before the holiday season, which that's going to be a madhouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, annual pass holder previews for Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World will be happening in mid-August. Uh, they haven't announced the dates, but I am keeping watch and also watch for sign-ups because I want to go very badly. <laughs> I also want to go. Um, and also, interesting, it's only Platinum and Platinum Plus pass holders that will get to sign up. Um, so if your pass has a blackout date, you are not eligible. Yeah, even gold can't go. Yeah, so. which is surprising. Yeah, because it's popular. <laughs> it's very popular. Um, a celebration of Disney music, uh, the Illuminations Replacement Show, will debut in May 2020. So they'll have Epcot Forever in between. Yeah. Okay. Illuminations ends September 30th. So then they'll have Epcot Forever and then the new one. 
I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I know you don't like Illuminations, but Illuminations is at least thematically appropriate Mm -hmm. for World Showcase. I don't know about this. Well, I can see if they do, like, um, you know, if they they do it more, like, regional music, you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they have... If they focus on like, okay, here's music from Beauty and the Beast, which is in France. And yeah, I, I guess I just don't know how I feel about it being so intellectual property focused. Yeah, but it's it's departure for Epcot. It is, but that's that's the way they're going. Alas, um, this is a bit of news you and I are very very excited about, <laughs> which is like the dumbest thing that. But <laughs> if you've spent an if you've spent a night waiting for an hour to get out of Magic Kingdom and back to the Transportation and Ticket Center, you'd be excited too. Yeah. So uh, this isn't really like this doesn't really have a lot of uh, impact for people who are staying at resorts other than the Grand Floridian. But if you are a local um, or you're just staying off site and you are driving to the Magic Kingdom, you know how how much of a bitch it is to get out at park close, especially when the fireworks end like right before park close and everyone is leaving at the same time. You got to go. You got to wait for the monorail or the ferry. And it's like being packed like sardines. Um, and I have often said... How nice it would be if you could just walk back to the Ticket and Transportation Center. Sure, it would be a half-hour walk, but I would gladly do it to get away from the crowds. Well, good news. A permit (laughs) has been filed for a walkway between Magic Kingdom and the Grand Floridian, creating creating a solid pathway from the Magic Kingdom to the Transportation and Ticket Center. Yes, because there is already a path from the Transportation and Ticket Center to the Polynesian. You can walk from the Polynesian to the Grand Floridian. So there you go. Um, I'm very excited about this. Now, it, it, it should be said that just because a permit was filed doesn't mean anything's actually going to happen. But it's more likely now. And um, with all of the construction that is happening at the Ticket and Transportation Center it makes sense for them to sort of do this sort of thing. Um, And I'm very excited (laughs) because I hate getting out of Magic Kingdom at night, and especially if we will be going with a young youngling soon with a stroller, it would be great to just stroll casually back to the car. (laughs) I concur. So that is excellent news. Yes. Uh, Disney Parks has their Imagining Tomorrow Today Pavilion at (laughs) D23 planned to show off what is coming to uh, the Marvel editions at at, um, California Adventures and uh, the changes coming to Epcot. That's interesting. So whoever's going to D23, if you can get us some pictures of that uh, pavilion, that'd be great because I'm super curious of what they're doing of Future World. I'm also curious. There also, there's, I believe there's also going to be a Lucasfilm pavilion there, uh, which will be cool as well. Yes. So so, yeah, our next episode, by the way, we'll be covering all of the news out of D23. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Shockingly. Shocking. Uh, Finally, the Liberty Inn restaurant at the America Pavilion in Epcot is set to close, making way for the Regal Eagle Smokehouse and Draft Beer Pavilion thing. You're happy about this. I am extremely happy about this because Liberty Inn restaurant is just burgers and hot dogs. Yeah, I mean, it's Americana food, but it's not really, it's, it's, it's theme park food. You want to do Americana Bingo barbecue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and they, they, you know, they, they have the electric umbrella where you can get like burgers and fries, or you know, already and and that sort of traditional theme park food. But yeah, it always seemed like it was the most underwhelming of the food options yeah, in the world. Yeah, I mean, like the only reason you'd go there is if you had a picky eater who yeah. wouldn't eat anywhere else, or if you really, really wanted chicken nuggets or something. But mm-hmm. like you know, every other pavilion in epcot has like you know french food and fish and chips and uh you know the french bakery and like the the shawarma from morocco and then there's liberty (laughs) burgers hot dogs and fries Yeah. yeah. yeah but no uh barbecue craft beer yeah uh that's it's a great addition 
Yeah, and especially, like, for people who are coming from other countries, you know, like, the whole idea is to sort of get an idea of what all the the flavors of the countries are, and, like, you come to America, and it's just basically like, oh, okay, so it's, like, just the food we've had in every other theme park that we visited. Yeah, so it's the same fast, it's the same fast, counter service fast food burger I can get anywhere else at Disney. Right. But barbecue is is barbecue is a type of food that you think of as very American, so without being like boring. Yeah. So so I'm I'm very happy about that change, and I cannot wait for it. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and wrap up there. A little shorter episode this month, but don't worry. It with didn't teeth- feel that way. <laughs> I, I know. Um, we're clocking in about fifty minutes. Um, oh, that's not short. But with D twenty three next month. You're probably going to get a much longer show than normal. Yes. Uh, we'll wrap up there. Uh, this episode of The Mouse Raid has been brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. That's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. Get in at the $1 level and join our Patreon-exclusive Slack team. Uh, you can find us on Twitter with the handles Mouse Droid Show. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants, Nancy with an I. I'm Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Um, the official Tashi Station network account is Tashi Station. Uh, the Mouse Droid is part of the Tashi Station podcast network. Uh, find us on iTunes and Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your shows. Or you can also subscribe to the Tashi Station mega feed in all those places where you can find all of our shows. Leave a review if you like what you hear. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode. We'll catch you all next month to talk D23. Bye. So long. Mousedroid is a Tashi Station Network production. For more information and to hear more of our great shows, visit Tashi-Station.net.